0: The Oakland A's are on fire. Let's play ball. Welcome in, everybody, to leading off right here on Fantasy Pros. It is me, Joey P, Joe P. Zapia. It's Dan Harris. And it's you, and we're taking you through last night in Major League Baseball and today's slate. we got some afternoon games again. It's that Thursday getaway day. Dan and I are fresh from the alternate site, ready to rock and roll. We've got a return, too, of Christian Javier, back up from the minors. I just like saying Christian Javier, which is very exciting, isn't it, Dan Harris? It's nice to have uh, some, some pitchers going out there and some exciting young things. Plus, you know, I thought about this today. We're getting closer and closer to Super 2, and I think maybe today we even start to talk a little bit about our expectations, maybe about some of these young players we've heard so much about that we'd like to see kind of come up and make an impact maybe in the month of May, because that was just around the corner, and now might be the time, Dan, to stash them.
1: Yeah, you know I'm a huge Alex Kirloff fan, so I've been waiting for him, obviously, Jared Kelmick, so... We've got those guys going. But uh, yeah, as we get into it, we're going to start to see those guys. I know teams have to be a little careful about basically being like, OK, great. We've got our extra year of control that starts before then, because I think they can call them up now immediately already and have bought that extra year of control, not the super due deadline. But I expect that in the next week or two, we're going to start seeing some columns.
0: Yes, let's let's hope so. We like that. And uh, obviously last night we liked Tyler Molly; He was good. Yep. He's very good. Of course, the uh the bad was the bullpen of the Reds, Ugh. which blew that W for him, which was torture. Uh Ugh. He had oh, 53 or 51 FanDuel points, I think, in my lineup last night. Yeah. And I I remember going, oh, this is looking great. This is fantastic. Yep. Throw a nice big fat W on there. We're good to go. And then Amir Garrett said uh, not so much, not so yeah. much. Uh That was bad. Junis was bad. Uh, Anderson was pretty good last night, but uh, obviously Savali was the other piece and that game got snowed out. You got to love the snow games in April, (laughs) which makes you wonder, which makes you wonder with this, you know, weird identity crisis of baseball sometimes why they're doing this in April. It seems like every year in April we get such crazy weather stuff and then on top of COVID and all these other things. Maybe it would just be better to start in May and go straight through. I know people is like, oh, you can't lose the integrity of the 162 game season. But I don't know about that with the way nobody can stay healthy through the first 25 games of the season. It feels like maybe it's something we should consider or start to understand a different format or way of doing things. I keep saying my perfect world, Dan Harris in Major League Baseball would be going, you know, going through the All-Star break. And then after the All-Star break, making a tournament for the rest of the year, a tournament to get you through the world series that ends the first week in October. And then you're done. That's what I would like to see. I think it would be a cool structure. And all of a sudden August baseball would really mean something. Instead of just kind of being the dog days and kids are off and they can watch baseball. What do you think of this idea that I have?
1: I think this is our last podcast together because no. I hate this, video. I'm out. No, hate I, this look, idea. i No, I go to the 154 game schedule, something like that. There doesn't have to be 162 games. Go to 154 was like that. For all of history until nineteen sixty-one or whatever. So go back to that. Try to schedule as many games as you can out on the West Coast and then domes to start. Cause yeah, look, I'm I'm here right now and I'm I'm hoping my kids Little League game gets canceled in New England because it's 35 degrees out oh, right now. So I get it. Like they a metal bat in 35 degrees. Exactly. That is the best. That is the best so, feeling. Getting jammed uh, yeah. on
0: a metal Easton uh, in 35 degree weather is heaven. Uh, the worst. Uh, and, and for everybody out there, see what I just did. I negotiated with uh, with Dan. Yeah, uh, I started with way over here, and then I got to 154, which is basically all I want anyway. That's <laughs> right. it. that's all I want. We see all of your uh, your comments. We're gonna get to you, uh, the peanuts and cracker jack uh, committee over there. We uh, we love you guys who are watching the show live here over on Fantasy Pros on our YouTube channel. So Dan, let's let's kick things off. Let's get into it. Let's start, of course, with the injury news. Uh, Denelson Lamette what two whole innings, right? I mean, yep. This is kind of like uh, the least um, surprising thing ever. A- am I right? I mean, this felt like all of us going into the season just said, no matter how much the discount, it's just probably not worth it because it's not going to be good. He's got the forearm tightness and and there you go. And it's sad because Lomet was so good last year. So what's the ripple effect of this? Because I think that's the most important thing. Are we going to get Mackenzie Gore? Are they just going to piece it together? What do you think is going to happen here for the Padres in the next few weeks? Um, well, first of
1: all, I think that we can say that probably Lamette is done for the season, right? Like, I, I mean, I think like that's just kind of what we're looking at right now. Um, I think that Gore is going to come up sooner rather than later and, and be a, a starting pitcher. I do think, though, that they knew about this, right? I mean, it, this is how they <laughs> prepare their entire offseason. That's why they signed 40 million pitchers. Right now, you've got Weathers in the rotation. You know, maybe he lasts for a little while longer, but if Gore is out there, I am picking him up now. Cause I want him on my team for when he gets started right away. So for me, I think it uh, increases uh, the timeline for Gore, but I, I'm not still expecting him to be called up immediately or anything like that.
0: All right. Uh, looking forward to the next one here. Gio Urshela exits with lower back tightness. The Yankees get another loss there. Oh, the Yankees man. ooh, The last yeah. place Yankees. Yes. Uh, I know. Uh, one of our listeners, Melissa Ackerman, she made a, a fun little uh, thing. He's like, boy, you really enjoy saying last place Yankees, don't you? Because I know she's a huge Yankee fan. And I said, yes, yes, I do. Yep. I don't get to say it very often. So I'm yep. going to take the chance to say it. Justin Upton leaves with an apparent leg injury. Just a cramp. okay,
1: though, yeah. just a cramp.
0: It's just a cramp. Let's hope. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Acuna, they say, could return Friday. We kind of said this going into uh, Monday morning. We said, look, you know, the Braves only have five games. If you want to start somebody else instead of Acuna this week, you can, if they've got seven games, just take the ABs and a head to head. Yeah. I understand not wanting to sit Acuna, but you know, sometimes you look at the schedule and you, and that kind of dictates what's going on, but we'll see. If he does come back Friday and plays the full weekend, that would be nice. Uh, let's talk about, I want to talk about the A's for a second, if we could before we even get into some of the good yeah. performances, 11 in a row, Dan Harris. Yeah. And the offense is heating up. My goodness. Those A's look pretty good. And it was a, not a good start. It was not, not pretty but it looks like things are rocking and rolling for the Ace. So what do you think the special sauce is right now?
1: Uh, look, they're 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 always better than the sum of their parts, you know, always. with when Matt Olson gets hot in particular, which he is right now, he had two more home runs yesterday, mm-hmm. they just kind of have these guys. Suddenly you're like, oh man, I really don't want to face Seth Brown in this lineup. So I guess it's a lineup right now that you kind of fade against because I mean, I watched that start because i'm I'm pretty invested in both in certainly Frankie Montas, who didn't look good uh, and Kenta Maeda. And there was just nothing there. They were just, I mean, they were on everything. So like 27
0: runs in that game. Last I guess.
1: Yeah. it's <laughs> guess it's kind of a, a, a lineup at this point to avoid. I wish Matt Chapman, who's my guy would get going a little bit, but other than that, it's, it's kind of something you got to pick your spots here when you get your pitchers going against the A's.
0: And, you know, we haven't had to use a lot of A's here in our early, I mean, in April, I can't remember the last time we talked about the A's lineup. They're yeah. just not getting a lot of these late games. They're in a lot of these afternoon games and what's going yep. on. And and they were traditionally a very good value, especially Olsen and, and Lowry. I think we used them once or twice, but uh, I'd like to see the A's back on that main slate pretty soon. Major League Baseball. Come on, let's go. All <laughs> right. Some notable performances from yesterday, including that Twins incredible run output. Uh, Donaldson, four for six. First dinger for him. Hooray. Yep. That's good news. Nelson Cruz, two home runs. Uh, and uh, yes, it is confirmed. He is not a human. He is all cyborg. Byron Buxton. He's back. And another dinger, six dingers for Buxton. Oh, you know what? The, the, the Robles train derailed, but that Byron Buxton train we were on, man, that was, that was, those were the two trains that were running and this one's pulled into the station where the other one's off the rails, but this one feels real good. He hits the ball so hard and so
1: consistently that it's just, if he stays healthy, I don't see any path to him not being a dominant fantasy player this whole year. And that's not even taking into account any potential stolen bases, which we're not really seeing just yet. And I'm fine with that if he's going to be healthy, because if he's going to, you know, average almost 97 miles per hour of exit velocity, I'm totally fine with that. So again, there's always the injury risk, but for the most part, I'm just completely buying this.
0: Francisco Lindor hit his first home run with the Mets, who was yep. actually in my lineup yesterday, and I, I did it two days in a row where I had somebody and I took them out and they went and hit a home run. It's Pete Alonso. So I'm mad about that. I'm, I am just mad. I'm in my head. I told you, I don't know what's going on. I just need to get off the schneid with this home run call. And then I think everything will be fine. But Javier Baez with the big uh, grand slam in that one and the Mets bullpen imploding and all that good stuff. That was really fun. Trevor Rogers, seven shutout innings. Boy, oh boy. That's been terrific. I guess the question is, I mean, can you sell the Trevor Rogers stock right now? I mean, it's it feels crazy. It feels like some people might be wanting to sell high, but is there such a thing as maybe buying high on this guy and just riding the wave?
1: I'm not sure I'd buy. I mean, his DRA is what 164, 164. so I don't think I'd buy. I don't think I'd buy that high, but I'm also not running out to get rid of him necessarily if I can. Um I I would be willing to You know, if I rostered him, I would be willing to put feelers out there to see what I could get, because I do think this is the prime time to sell high on pitching, because you've probably got guys out there with Kenta Maeda, with Frankie Montas, who are like, I don't know if I can trust these guys anymore. If you're going to basically be able to acquire a guy who's off to a good start where everything looks good under the hood, like you have with Rogers, I think that's worth exploring. So he's a guy who I'm probably holding if I roster him. But I would see if I can sell high for somebody a little more reliable because Rodgers is good, but he's not quite this good.
0: Would you trade him for Luis Castillo?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not anything where I'm I'm anywhere close. To like in value, and I just published my trade chart last night. And you know, look, you, this is the way, and you guys can probably tell if you listen to this podcast at all. You know, like I move at a glacial pace in terms of. <laughs> but that's not
0: because that's baseball. Baseball that's, is an overall look. It's a very five thousand feet kind of like okay, where are we? is it five thousand or fifty? I don't know how many that. It's a lot of feet. That's it's, all I know. Yeah. Whatever. But but that's true. You have to kind of step back. It's a six month season. It's very different. You're playing every single day. So that makes sense. But at that glacial pace, you still think right now you would take the long term Castillo.
1: I'm not anywhere close right now to doing it. And look, my guess is if Trevor Rogers has another good start next week, he's going to really increase in value. But we've got to see Castillo struggle and maybe me find a reason for the struggle beyond just he's just not pitching well. We've got to see that for like three or four more weeks before I'm anywhere close to considering that sort of swap.
0: All right. Uh, Max Scherzer was good. Six shout outings, uh, back-to-back good starts for him. Uh, Very necessary. one, nothing winning for the Nats nine Ks for him. Eflin's pitched very well this year for the Phillies, but as good as the ERA is, which is under three, the K per nine is under seven. I I think that kind of corrects itself over time. And as we mentioned before, uh, Tyler Molly was just fantastic yesterday, nine more strikeouts for him. And what's fun to watch him is, he just kind of more of a dart thrower kind of guy, you know, he just kind of, you know, it's not a big mechanical kind of motion, with a lot of bits and pieces going on. He is very direct to the plate. I love that. I think it kind of sneaks up on hitters, which is something that I really like, you know, he's very quick and explosive to the plate. And that is refreshing. I think there's a lot of guys who have different mechanical things, and maybe this is something that's evolved over time for him, but whatever it is, it's working right now. And if Castillo can get right, you know, with him and Gray, all of a sudden, this Reds rotation could be very good. And maybe the Reds are better than we expected.
1: Yeah, we were. I was certainly fading the Reds coming yeah, in. Uh, right? Yeah, because, you know, you just didn't feel it. But the fact that Malley is kind of doing what we hoped that he might do. And you're right. Castillo hasn't been good, but I still see no reason for it yet. So I'm still expecting a bounce back. And with Gray back. Yeah, they they do have the makings of a decent team if they can fix that stupid bullpen where Amir Garrett just basically blows every save.
0: Oh, so frustrating. Now, look, if Lucas Sims or whoever else, and TJ Antona, any of those guys just start picking guys up, just do it. Just And just to be fair, it.
1: to be fair, that was actually Garrett's, I believe, first actual blown save last night. I time. know, just, but you know, pitched he had terribly. that thing
0: against the Pirates last yeah, week. Yeah, we talked terrible, about which terrible. Which isn't his fault, but at the same time, it's his fault, so... All right, let's talk about a couple Royals right now. Jorge Soler, three for four with a dinger and a double. That's good. Uh, Again, he's a streaky hitter. You just have to ride these waves. Carlos Santana stays hot. Homers again, that's important. Ian Anderson. Um, look, going out there, pitching at Yankee stadium is never easy. Uh, it was chilly last night there too. I give him credit for kind of soldiering on. Let's talk to the peanuts and the cracker Jacks, see what's going on here. Uh, and, uh, let's see here. Trade Castillo and Biggio for Garrett Cole. Andrew Rogers wants to know if you can yep. get Garrett Cole for Luis Castillo and Biggio, you do yep. that again, pause the show, come back, listen on demand to stop. Uh, someone yep. dropped George Springer says Brant Cox, use a waiver wire on him. Yes. Use the number one, just empty the tank. What are we doing here? He, what, what is wrong with people? Like, like Dan said yesterday, if, if this was June and all of a sudden, you know, George Springer missed two weeks, nobody would be dropping George Springer. I mean, that's just crazy. It's madness. Yes. Go add him. Uh, I mean, let's I mean, why do people do this? All right. I'm getting a lot of questions about Herman and Christian Javier today on Twitter, and I'm seeing them in here. So I'm just going to address the the elephant in the room. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm OK with starting Christian Javier against Alex Cobb because I think that bottom half of that Angels lineup is a little susceptible. He's also at home. Christian Javier's got good K potential. I like all that. Herman, on the other hand, I'm waiting to see that's my approach i'm good with adding him but waiting and seeing is what i want to do how about you on those two guys because i'm getting a ton I'm, of questions and they're in the in the gallery as well today yep
1: i'm probably not starting either one of them but again I, okay. i'm pretty cautious with guys like this you know whenever they've got some sort of weird schedule thing and it's not as if they were must start options anyway i am adding them for sure uh, but i'm not starting them yet today
0: All right. uh, Merchant 66, trade Juan Soto for Corbin Burns. (gasps) Oh my goodness, man. This is tough right here. This is about roster construction. like That's what this is to me. If you've got incredible offense and your pitching's terrible and the other team in that league is vice versa, I can understand this. Here's the thing I would say. I always want the dominant pitching in the head-to-head points, especially those that favor pitching points. Uh, In head-to-head categories, I kind of lean that way too. Uh, Look, I I can't say no to, I mean, this is elite for elite. So I'm always okay with that too, because that's what these guys are. But to me, this is more about roster construction than anything else when you pull off a blockbuster deal like this. And this is that. This is definitely a blockbuster deal for Merchant. So I would not like kill anybody for doing this trade if they're trading away Soto.
1: But for me, the only pitchers I would consider trading Soto for are DeGrom, Bieber, and Cole. And I get you'd be like, well, Burns has been the best pitcher in baseball. Of course, he's been absolutely incredible. He's not this as great as he is, he is not this good. Like I don't know, Joe, where you have I think I have him ranked as my eighth pitcher. Like yeah, now he's top right
0: ten. Now. Yeah. He's he, top he, ten. He was top he was top twelve, I think, for yes. going into the season.
1: Okay. So and you were already higher high
0: Yeah, I was a lot okay. closer. And that's sometimes worse because then you're like, Oh my goodness, I was so right. Is this too good to be true? And you start to second guess a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, it's to me, it's the back end. Like in August and September. I have no concerns about soda. Hopefully the shoulder thing is not an issue. That's the only other thing too, is the health, the health thing. Look, it's fair. It's just about roster construction, but Dan makes a lot of good points. Typically the position player is the better investment than the pitcher. But right now there's so few pitchers that are, you know, out there taking the ball and nobody's been as dominant. Maybe DeGrom is the only guy in Bieber. You could put in that same category. Cole's right on that peripheral too. But I mean, this guy's been that good and it's hard to say, no, this is the best one. Brendan Tuma who is our own personal I don't know of fantasy is. pros. Yeah. Um, Dan doesn't know him. I do. <laughs> I know. Dan, see, Dan's like very high up level at fantasy pros. <laughs> you know, I'm sort of more the man of the people here uh, over at our little network. Right. And uh, Tumo wants to know, who's more of a clown for their recent performance? Me for drafting Giancarlo Stanton everywhere or Aaron Boone for his overall job as a manager? I'm going to say push here what is
1: what is Boone supposed to do I what do you want (laughs) to do they have no pitching and their offense is being held to five hits or fewer every single night I mean that doesn't really fall on Boone to me but Stanton looks terrible but that whole Yankees lineup looks terrible and they're not going to look terrible all year relax on Stanton relax on Judge LeMahieu doesn't even look that good Labor Torres. Li- I mean, there's talk of like, I, maybe it was just a columnist who said it, but <sighs> talk of potentially optioning him for a little bit. Uh, you know, come on. How I don't know. Go?
0: This guy hit 30 something home runs two I years just, ago. I know. Like, ugh, It's gross. overreaction
1: city. Everybody Buy everywhere. Bye. Glaber Torres. That's what I would. And,
0: and Mike Mayer, by the way, who also works for us. He says, uh, it's you, Brandon. Uh, you're the clown. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. All right. Indeed. Let's talk about uh, guys. We might be worried about Kyle Tucker, just two for 25 hitting 169. I'm not concerned. Are you, to me, it's just a slump. He's a fine hitter. And that lineup has been all over the map because guys, you know, no Altuve, no Alvarez. Then they were playing in Colorado, so they couldn't play Alvarez anyway. So it was just like, eh, just, I would just wait, give it time. If you could buy him, go buy. That's what I said.
1: I don't understand why Tucker is not really walking right now. He's walking two and a half percent of the time, which obviously isn't good. But what was what he batting 169, 169 or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. He has an expected batting average of 281. Nobody, I mean, just, if, You shouldn't panic no matter what, especially that. Relax. Everybody relax. No, no problems with Tucker at all.
0: Are you uh, worried at all about Jake Judas after yesterday's outing? The five earned runs? Okay, so let, let's
1: make it clear for a second with Judas, okay? okay, I, okay I, I was okay, I, 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 I roster <laughs> him uh, in a couple spots, but I was doing it for what I thought would be a two-start week next week. I don't even know if he's going to get the two-start week next week at this point just because it's it's it, the schedules are so I, weird. I was just
0: doing it to put myself in no, no, no. college. I That's did not I start
1: doing. him against the Rays. Now, there are a lot of – look, Jake Judas is not a guy who you plug in there every time. He is a guy who added – and I'm not dropping him. I think he gets Pittsburgh next week. I'll start him there. His stuff isn't great, but again, he he added a cutter or he changed the slider to a cutter. His cutter is really good. It's a really good pitch. It barely allows, you know, any, you know, it's got a sub 150 batting average against. So I think that Junis is a guy who I still think you can start in the right matchups. Against the Rays, just not a team I'm, I'm throwing Junis against. Next week, uh, against the Pirates, I'm definitely throwing him out there.
0: Yeah, and and the Rays, look, Brennan Lau had a good night last night. Joey Wendell. Yeah. Joey Wendell's like a surprising little player always. I feel like Joey Wendell's one of those guys like, I feel like if you're a contending team, you'd love to pick Joey Wendell off of a roster because he could because uh, he could play everywhere. <laughs> like, you know, he's just going to he's going to be that kind of guy who just somehow shows up in, in these moments where you need him to. And uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just, you know, pick up Jake Junis just, you know, because you need the money. You know, it's just <laughs> something that happens there. And uh, with Joey
1: what, Wendell, you can't think of his name without thinking, or at least I can't, without thinking of that old, you know, Mr. Wendell. The Wendell. I, uh, can't, rest do the development, can't do it.
0: What, you know, that debut album, just want to say, three years, five months, and two days oh, in the boy. life of. Outstanding debut album. Could never be duplicated after the second one wasn't as good. But that first one, score. This is a really good question, by the way. Charles Bell yep. uh, asked here in the uh, Cracker Jacks uh, group here. He wanted to know, I'll kind of find it here, Chris Bassett. Would you drop Chris Bassett and pick up Gore? And And this is fascinating because this is like, the difference of the mid-level pitcher that's not spectacular that you just know Chris Bassett is going to take the ball every fifth day and just be the be a guy versus the upside of Gore but the unknown timetable. Personally, I'm just going to stick with the dude right now, just the guy, because I don't know when or if or if Gore becomes the guy that they move to bring in a John Means because they're all in. I don't know. All I know is I think right now I want to not get too far ahead of myself, so I'm going to stick with Bassett for now, but I your pitching is great i can understand this move
1: i'm more making i'm making that switch mainly okay. because i'm not really starting bassett in a league i mean his his k percentage is really low it he is. was like I, it's funny because i talked to a couple he's of our a guys he's
0: he's not a fantasy and, pitcher
1: yeah and to, right that's exactly right he's not a fantasy pitcher and i was it's funny because i was looking joe in like the al versions of labor and tout and his price was significant and i couldn't understand why i know al and i know the pitching is not that good but still it was Chris Bassett, like he wasn't going to do much. So right now, I don't know, he's got a four 4 ERA, whatever 134 whip and he doesn't strike many people out. So for me, he's not really a guy who I start in mixed leagues unless you're in like a 20 team league. So for that guy, I'm just letting him go. And I'll wait on the upside of Gore because again, I do think he's coming up sooner rather than later.
0: Fernando in the uh, galleries taking advantage of my, my wrestling Markism by screaming gore into the chat. That's right. That's right. I got you, Fernando. And thank you for answering all the questions we don't get to Fernando. You do a hell of a job there. Uh, All right. Let's uh, (laughs) let's talk uh, for a moment about Kenta Maeda and Montas. Look to me, this is just a weird game. Like this one just got out of hand. Like I just, yeah, I scrap it. It's frustrating more for Montas than Maeda because Montas has been inconsistent. So that's the problem. It's like, you've seen these blow up starts and these bad ones. So it's getting it's getting difficult right now with Montas. We're in a bad spot.
1: Yeah, I think I'm not I'm not that panicked yet. I mean, the twins, you know, we, we I had said yesterday, it was like, wow, they look a little out of sorts coming off the COVID thing. They didn't look out of sorts yesterday. And the, really, everything looks OK with him. He's just not getting as many ground balls as he usually gets. That's his big thing, right? Because he got the sinker and he's got the splitter. I think that'll correct itself. So, again, two good starts. Two terrible starts. Not really that worried about it. It's a little bit of what Montas is. I think things will get better. Maeda, mildly concerned just, again, because of the fact that he relies so much on the off-speed stuff, and he made a big right. change into limiting his fastball last year and getting into the off-speed stuff, and I worried that hitters might adjust to it a little bit, and I think they kind of are. So, But, again, I'm not, I'm not going crazy. I'm not dropping him a ton, and I'm still throwing him out there every time he's on the mound.
0: We'll try to get to some more of your questions and we definitely have some DFS stuff to talk about before we wrap things up today. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody and thank our sponsor of today's leading off and that's Manscaped. That's right. Trusted by 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement manscaped movement. That's right. You know why? Because it's got that advanced skin safe technology, the lawnmower 3.0, all the technology, all the lab coats, all the scientists working there to make sure that your male grooming experience is up to snuff. That's what we've got here. It's got the led light. It's get 7,000 glorious RPMs of quiet stroke technology, and it's affordable. And get this, with the code leading off, you get 20% off plus free shipping thanks to our friends at manscaped.com. So you got no excuse. Don't be a hairy animal this summer. Look good. Take care of your business. All right. And meanwhile, the business will take care of you. So once again, go to manscaped.com. Use 20% off code leading off. Get that free shipping. Nobody likes to pay for shipping. Nobody. Dan Harris hates to pay Never. for shipping. He gets so mad if you make him pay for shipping. Just, he's like Hulk. He just starts going crazy, he smashes things around the house. It's very upsetting. So free shipping, 20% off, leading off, Manscaped. Go do it. Your balls will thank you. All right, let's get to a little DFS here, if we may. Short slate today. So once yeah. again, kind of keeping it simple like we did last night. We try to keep it simple on these short slates, and then Amir Garrett goes and does that, and, but whatever. Uh, good chalk today, Boston. Uh, and And here's why. We mentioned that Seattle, that lineup's a little beaten up. We mentioned how much that lineup strikes out. And dare I say, you know, the cash game arm is going to be Walker Bueller and everyone's going to have Walker Bueller. But Dan, you know, he's not struck out more than four guys in any start this year. I'm I'm not feeling that. Yes, he's probably got good win equity. And I'm starting to interview myself, which I hate when people do, but I am. (laughs) He's got the win equity. It's the safer guy. Sure. All that looks good. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm fading it personally. And I can't believe I'm saying this even more. But Pavetta at 8.2 and Javier at 7.3. These are two guys I think you can get enough strikeouts. I think there's win potential in both of these games for them, considering the matchups they've got on the other side. And I think I'll take my chances there. And maybe it's more of a, a tournament night than a cash game night because there's no great cash game option. Maybe you just do that. But to me, I look at Houston. I look at Boston. I like those lineups. I like the weather in Boston, too. It's like 14 mile an hour winds blowing out to right field. Joey, likey that. So that's kind of how I see this pitching slate. How do you look at it? Because not a lot of options here.
1: Yeah, this is a terrible pitching slate. I mean, it's a short slate, <laughs> and nobody's good. You're right. Bueller is the obvious play, but he's expensive. He hasn't been striking that many guys out, and he has a terrible sort of opponent in that he's got to go against the Padres. So it's not yeah. good. I do like Pavetta again. The wind is blowing out. Um, but Pavetta, what I said, what did I say? It is in New England. It's like 10 degrees here. That's not good for bats usually. Sometimes it's not good for pitchers, okay? Because sometimes they have trouble gripping the ball. But I, I think it's going to be fine. It's at least sort of, you know, 40 sunny degrees at right game
0: time, they say. It's that's 40 degrees
1: that. a game time. Yeah, so it's not, uh, you know, I don't, I, the wind is going to be blowing out as well to right field, apparently, so that's not great. But still, Pavetta has shown a lot of strikeout upside. I don't trust Justin Dunn. I think the, the bats on the Red Sox side are going to do enough to give him good win equity. So again, I don't think this is a cash game night because I just don't feel comfortable enough with any cash game lineup. I do think it's a tournament and I do think that Pavetta is probably going to be my guy. Another reason is because the price difference, you do get a saving, especially on family, you get a savings with Pavetta from a Walker probably I think it's $1,600, but I don't know if that's significant enough to get most people off of Bueller. And so it might be that Pavetta is going to be a little underowned in tournaments. So that's where I'm going tonight.
0: Well, and Vegas also has the Red Sox with the highest run total of anybody. They they're the only one at five, and they're five yep. and a half almost. So, mm-hmm. uh, look, it, it, it's also going back, like you said, about Justin Dunn. It's more about the Mariners right now. Ty France banged up a little bit. I yep. don't think he'll be in the lineup. You got strikeouts from Evan White all the way down, potentially, in this lineup. And I love Trammell's had his moments. Dylan Moore's had his moments lately, too. Hanniger, we've talked about loving. But I think it's more just, can we get out of here with a victory and some strikeouts? And I think the answer is yes for Pavetta. It might not be perfect, but Christian Javier, I wouldn't. That's another guy, too, especially in FanDuel and the single pitcher when you're just getting that. And I'll tell you what, on DK, my approach would just be pairing both of those guys who, uh, in terms of price, Javier 7.3 Pavetta's 8.2. You can go up and get all the Red Sox in that five to six range. And they're expensive. The Red Sox are super expensive. You get a little bit of a break on some guys. By the way, I just want to talk about how good Xander Bogarts has been. And everybody was so worried about him. Remember that draft stock falling because of the little shoulder issue. Yep. Boy, was that a massive overreaction? So look tonight, Boston, uh, if you want to stack Dodgers in the lineup, that's okay. Houston, I think is a good look against Alex Cobb tonight. Once again, don't get crazy. Uh, There's, Uh, A little bit of value there with San Francisco, as always. Uh, They got a lefty on the mound, but we talked about it last week, too. Yastrzemski has good numbers against left-handed pitching. 2.9 for him, 2.7 for Slater, 2.4 for Posey, 2.1 for Flores. Ton of value there. Vasquez uh, for the Red Sox at 2.8. On DK, you got Miles Straw, if he's in the lineup. Brandon Nimmo, if he's in the lineup. Two guys will have low roster percentage because they're not 100 healthy, but Nimmo's 3.7, Straw's 2.5 at the top of that order. If they're hitting leadoff, both of them are worthy of a look because it's again it's just a lineup builder with the extra at bat potential. So I like all those guys. Anything else that you see tonight in the slate?
1: No, not really. I mean, I'm going to Boston for sure. Again, even though it's cold, I do think against Dunn that sort of you know overtakes it, and I'm I'm willing to go after some. Dodgers, uh, you know, righty bats, like bats, if you can get him in, assuming that he does play uh Turner for sure. And Chris Taylor is a guy who I like mm-hmm. again against the lefty weathers, but that's really where I'm going.
0: Now we promised before we wrap things up here, talk a little about the super two guys. And there's one other thing I want to get to about Marcus Simeon as well, but, um, you know, for all the Wander Francos and Kirilovs and all the guys and Gore that everybody's already on, here's another name, uh, Jaron Duran for the Boston Red Sox, 24 yep. year old kid. I'm looking at the landscape of the outfield for the Boston Red Sox, and I say, why not at some point? This guy is going to get a call up, and if the Red Sox continue to play well, there's no reason to not continue to force the issue and and say, hey, maybe we're going to be better than we thought, and we're going to get Chris Sale back, and all these things might work out. Keep that name in mind in those deeper leagues if he's not picked up. Is there anybody else for you that you think is a sneaky add right now as we kind of start to look a little bit further into May and get a little, you know, I always like to be uh, proactive instead of reactive to these things.
1: Yep. So I, I would say no, and I'll make a quick differentiation. The one thing is you've got the Chris Bryant, I get to gain an extra year of control if I keep you down for 10 days or two weeks or something like that at the beginning of the season. That's where we are passing now. That's when I think guys who are very clearly ready and can contribute, like right. Kirillov, like Kelnick, are able to come up. The team has bought an extra year of control. There's also the Super 2 deadline. That's usually late June, early July. Again, that's not a firm date because that sort of depends on what percentage of players are actually up in the majors. That's something that we are a couple of months away from. So I think the guys like probably Franco is my guess. Those guys are not coming up yet. So I think to stash them now. Is probably too early because you're going to need roster flexibility. So for me, it's the guys who I think the extra year of control was the big driver. That is Kirillov. That is Kelnick. Might be Gore or something like that. So he may be up again with the injury. Other than that, though, I'm, I'm a guy who stashes prospects like three weeks early, not like two months early. So I think for the most part, we're not going to see a big onslaught of guys until either late June or early
0: July. One more note, Marcus Simeon. His BABIP is one seven eight. I did a little work on this. Um yep. it, it's gonna get better. <laughs> so go yeah. buy him everywhere. <laughs> He's still at the top of this order. Just just go do it. We'll talk about it oh, later. I do <laughs> want to say
1: that I think I think Biggio batted lead off yesterday, and he does look for all of Biggio's many flaws. He does walk. He gets on base. Sure. I don't know whether or not they're going to stick with that or what they're going to do, but. I, the blue Jays are going to be okay they're i mean scuffling. i have still i have there concerns will be a hot about
0: streak where they win eight in a row and we'll yeah. be like oh look how good the blue jays are yeah yeah and and you know what also the thing that we're not talking about they're still not playing at home they're playing in florida on the home games they're all over the place they're a team without a home and last year they were in a great hitter friendly environment when they were at home out there in buffalo and florida is not the same thing not the same environment just putting that don't, out
1: there don't insult Deneedon or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, Also Springer will be back at some point, maybe within a week, you know, that's kind of what they're thinking. And if so, it's going to lengthen that lineup and it's going to make the whole thing a
0: little bit better. Absolutely. That's why they went after him in the first place. All right. Home run calls of the night. I'm going to go first before Dan can uh, be right again. Uh, I'm going to go with Raphael Devers tonight. That's right. Let's go against Justin Dunn. Uh, Wind blowing out 40 degrees. Let's go. Let's go. My boy Devers, who you got tonight to go yard.
1: I'm going to go with Justin Turner against the lefty Ryan Weathers. So, you know, I I I have a soft spot for Justin Turner anyway, but I think he goes yard today.
0: Big Red, gotta love Big Red. All gotta right. Also, him. don't forget that Ronald Acuna jersey is not going to give away itself. Go over to there, the slash MLB contest. Go to Apple Podcasts or Castbox. Take a great review, a screenshot of the show that you made, not somebody else that you made. Make that review. We're getting closer and closer to our review plateau where maybe we'll do a little something special for y'all but i'm telling you right now go there drop a review go to fantasypros.com mlb contest upload that screenshot fill out the form and just like that you're entered to win a free autograph ron lacunha jersey thanks to our friends at pristineauction.com and don't forget free shipping dan harris loves free shipping 20 percent off at manscape.com. your balls will thank you dan any final thoughts for today
1: no, I want it to be warmer, and I want all my pitchers to not get destroyed. That's all. Let's do that. <laughs>
0: that's that's a very simple man like that. <laughs> that's what I want, to. That's all we can ask for. All right, that'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Dan Harris, I'm Joe Pizopilla. We'll see you next time, kids.